Alwyn Albright was a 74-year-old from Gilmer, Texas. He lived alone, but had a multitude of brothers and sisters. On July 6, 2019, Alwyn allegedly tried to force his way into his girlfriend's apartment. She called the police. When they showed up at the complex, Alwyn walked off. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. I've come to discover over the last few months, with the help of my assistant Cherie, that I have not been clear when I've used the term that is the title of this episode. My apologies. What I personally mean by those words is that nobody caused the person's disappearance. There were no outside influences. That it wasn't an abduction. It wasn't a murder. There was no foul play. Specifically, It means that one of three things happened. The person left to start a new life somewhere. The person left to commit suicide and he or she just hasn't been found yet. Or the person had intentions of coming back, but an accident happened. Of course, the tough part in these types of cases is figuring out which of the three it is. And in fact, maybe it's none of them and that foul play was the cause, but it's just not evident. And that brings us to the disappearance of Alwyn Albright. Video shows him leaving the premises when the police showed up, and not coming back. But could he have returned? Is this case, or is this case not an example of the walk-off? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Owen Albright was a family guy. In fact, until a year before his disappearance, Owen had lived on the family property in another part of Gilmer. Keeping with the family theme, Owen worked in the family business of wood pulp until he retired in his 60s. He had been married, but got divorced and had a son. He was a simple guy who liked to get out and see what friends and family were doing. However, in living in the apartment complex on his own for a year generated a couple issues. Alwyn had a girlfriend who had another boyfriend. In addition, Alwyn and that other guy had a run-in in which Alwyn chased him off with a pocket knife. So, on July 6th, 2019, Alwyn had seemingly allowed his quote-unquote girlfriend, Amanda, to drive a car he'd just bought from a neighbor. When she came back, while pulling in, Amanda hit the curb, upsetting Alwyn. This allegedly led to Alwyn trying to force his way into Amanda's apartment. In response, she called 911. 
the police arrived just before 1.30 p.m. Minutes after that, a camera on the premises caught Alwyn walking down the road and behind a building near the edge of the property. There's no proof he ever came back to his apartment. He was never seen again. A search of the area yielded nothing. However, when looking in his apartment, his family discovered items missing and a window open. Some of the toughest disappearances to analyze on Unfound are ones in which there is evidence of both a voluntary departure and foul play. Although it doesn't seem possible, it is often the case that a fact can point in both directions. But we will try to do our best in figuring out what happened to Alwyn. It starts by contemplating these three questions. Number one, even though the car was Alwyn's, who moved it to a different parking place after he went missing? Number two, is it a coincidence that Amanda expressed interest in the very items that went missing from Alwyn's apartment? And number three, should we be concerned that Amanda's other boyfriend, Mavis, has a long criminal record. Alwyn's family is open to all possibilities regarding his case. The guest for this episode is Alwyn's niece, Sherry Sullivan. Unfound news. I got to do an interview with one of my favorite people and fellow Star Trek actor from my Las Vegas days, April A. Bear this past Monday. She hosts the podcast, Think It Through, the Clear Thinking Podcast. My episode with her should be coming out within the next few weeks. I will let you know when that happens. Next, the pre-trial proceedings have started regarding the murder of Tyler North. We covered his disappearance during September 2019. The people charged are his ex-wife, Lena Michelle Colette North, and her boyfriend, Jeremy Lewis. But please remember, Tyler has still not been found. Finally, we had another great Unfound on the Ground session this past Monday for our premium Patreon members. The groups are small for these tutorials, but they are in-depth, and I believe the members are learning a lot. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Charlotte and Miranda. You can also contribute at PayPal, paypal.me forward slash unfoundpodcast. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books on amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant Heather in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. 
And please, mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the niece of Alwyn Albright, Sherry Sullivan. Sherry, welcome to Unfound. Thank you, sir. Let's start here. You are the niece of Alwyn. Uh, how did it come to be uh, that you are uh, representing his family? Of course, you're being interviewed for this program. How did that come to be? Um, the siblings of Alwyn, uh, Alwyn's the youngest, so the siblings are much older, and they're advancing in age pretty quickly, and um, get, they were getting very stressed, so I assured my uh, relatives that, that I could take over and, and handle the situation for them. Well, that's that's very uh, kind of you, uh, Sherry. So, uh, have you been doing this since basically the beginning, let's say July of 2019, or was this something that happened later? Uh, Alwyn started missing in July 19, uh, 2019, and I took over the 30th of July. Okay. So the end of the month. Okay. All right. Thank later. you. All right. Thank you. Um, how has this been overall? Um, of course, we're going to get into everything that you experienced at the time, how you find out, found out that he went missing, but um, I'm guessing that you never figured in your life that you'd be doing something like this. Not anything I imagined, no, sir. No, okay. Of course. And uh, as with all everybody, I think uh, most of the guests on the program, they, they just kind of have to figure it out uh, as they go. Um, maybe I should ask you this, being that you are uh, the niece of Alwyn, uh, does Alwyn not have any gr- grandchildren? Or children? Uh, he does not have grandchildren. He has one adult child. Okay. And maybe we can uh, talk about that um, person here in a bit. So that's how you came to be uh, responsible, and that's how you came to be on the program. Uh, maybe we should talk about this. How many uh, siblings does Alwyn have, and I'm guessing either your father or mother is his sister-slash-brother. Uh, how? Do, what's the relationship there? Okay. Um, Alwyn is one of six. He is the baby. My father is the second oldest of the six, and um, the oldest surviving sibling. Okay. All right, so even though Alwyn is 74 years old, he is the baby. He is the baby. Yeah. Wow, he was 74 when he went missing. Wow, okay. So he has siblings who are then into their 80s, easily into their 80s? Uh, my dad is 90 years old. Oh, my gosh. Sherry, wow. And he's still with us. And he is still with us. Well, yeah. awesome. That's good to hear. All right, great. All right, so maybe that uh, is very ex- explanatory to the listeners then why you are doing this Uh all of his siblings into their 80s, if not 90s. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Alwyn himself. You said that uh, he does have one child. Uh, was he married? Uh, did he get divorced? We know that he was living by himself at the time of his disappearance, but let's just talk about him, uh, what you know about him, your interactions with him. Uh, Alwyn is divorced. Uh, he visited family on a daily basis. He did. Okay. Fact, when his bull quit working, he was actually on his way to visit one of the brothers. Oh, okay. 
Um, and what did he do? Uh, what did he do with his life? Did he have a job? Um, did he was he did maybe serve in the military? Anything like that? What do you What do you know about his um, vocations? Alwyn was the only brother that did not serve in the military. Hmm. He uh, did continue with the family business of pulpwood hauling and retired from that job. Oh, okay. And with you, with him, uh, how well would you say, of course, he would be your uncle, and I did not have that many uh, aunts and uncles uh, growing up, but uh, how well would you say you personally knew Alwyn? How often did you talk to him? How often did you uh, see him when he was around? Um, I probably saw Alwyn one to two times a year. year. Uh, We had family reunions on a regular, you know, once, two times a year. And, um, and he sat with us, talked with us. He, he actually loved to just sit and talk with people and visit. Okay. And so I'm guessing then that your family uh, is centered right around that Gilmer, Texas area? The majority of the family lives in Gilmer. My dad and one other brother lives in the neighboring town. Okay, that's that's nice that everybody's close like that. Okay, and as you stated, uh, of course he isn't into his 70s, so I guess we shouldn't be uh, too surprised uh, that he was retired. Um, uh, From what you saw, you know, how was he spending his retirement? Did he take up any hobbies, Um, anything like that uh, that you know? No hobbies, just I guess you could call his hobbies... uh, Going to the local stores like the tire shop, the gas station, the uh, laundromat, and a little hangout house that he just went to and visited if he wasn't uh, going to a family's house. Mm-hmm. That's how he spent his... All right. So he wasn't into, I guess as an example, he wasn't into golfing or anything like that. He just liked to uh, go and meet his friends and family. That's correct. Okay. All right, and do you happen to know, if you can remember, how long had he been living at the area where he disappeared, in that apartment complex where he disappeared? Any idea how long he had lived there? I I don't know for sure. I would say that it was a year or less. Oh, it wasn't very long. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a permanent home for him. He had lived out at the family home front. And he moved into town just so he could be closer to people, so he could visit with more people. Oh, okay. So uh, I guess what you're saying then, going back to, let's just say, 2017, uh, was he living with uh, people in your family, or was this just like he was living by himself but on the family property? How do you remember it? Right, yeah, he lived on the family property in the um, the house that he grew up in. Okay. And he lived alone. Okay. All right, and and how do you think the way what you saw, what you observed, or what you heard, maybe from your uh, aunts and uncles or other maybe cousins, uh, how was Alwyn doing living on his own, maybe, um, you know, out in that apartment complex a little away from family? How was he doing over the course of that year? Your impressions? Oh, yeah, he was fine. You know, he was was happy Mm -hmm. to be where he was. It was... um, there was never a dull moment, in other words. There was always someone he could see and visit. Mm-hmm. And um, um, health-wise, you know, 
it's always nice to be be happy when you're right. when you're getting older, right? A, sure. a age quicker. Sure. And maybe that's the, uh, we usually would not talk about this on an episode of, of Unfound. We don't haven't covered the disappearance of too many people into their seventies. But how oh, was this hell? Seventy four years old. Um, what you know about? It, I'd never asked to go into any private private stuff, but just in general, um, how healthy was he? Uh, he was he was rather healthy. He did have high blood pressure, and he did take medicine for the blood pressure. He called medicine his heart medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. But no, uh, maybe I'll just bring up some things like a heart attack or cancer. Never had any issues like that. To your Nothing diagnosed to that. To your knowledge. Okay. Uh, how, uh, being that he had a son, um, did they get together very often? Did the son live in the area? How did they get along? What do, you, do you know anything about that? Uh, they, they got together on occasions. It wasn't like a daily basis family did so they got together once in a while uh, would you say that they were close um I don't know you know how how is a son uh, father relationship yeah. I think it's typical you get to talk to each other for a little while and then you get along again i just think it was one of those relationships okay i can i can i can relate okay so we've talked a little bit out about all when uh ever have any problems with the law um to my knowledge no okay. he did not have like i guess you're asking like uh dui something like yeah anything like that yeah the, this is the more serious things yeah no, sir. Uh, I'm not worried if he uh, got a speeding ticket or jaywalking. I'm just asking, uh, was he behaving? Did he behave himself in his later years? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's move on. So we have a good sense of Alvin, um, close with family, uh, moved away from his family about a year before he went missing, but close with them. Um, you know, knew you, knew, I guess, some of his nieces and nephews, all in that general area of Gilmer, Texas. But once again, living on his own, he'd just been doing that for a little while. And let's move on to this, though. And, and you know, in a way, I, I think we have to talk about this because in some way, maybe this could be uh, a little bit of a factor in his disappearance. And you had told me that Alwyn, even though he was in his 70s, uh, had never uh, learned to read. And in fact, you told me that sometimes he needed help paying his bills, reading things. Uh, is that just a factor of education, or did he maybe have dyslexia, or did he have some sort of learning disability? Uh, what do you know about that? Uh, Alwyn even would tell you he had trouble... Um placing letters together to understand and, and formulate words. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the 1950s, they didn't have things like dyslexia, but it does run in the family. So we believe that was probably his, um, his disability, so to speak, in school. And schools wasn't really taught to deal with that, or sure. trained to Absolutely. deal with that situation. And... Um, so his sister, who's only one year older, um, she always watched out for him. Because of having trouble learning, 
school kids was not very nice. They were pretty cruel, made fun of him. So he quit school at a very early age. Oh, okay. And then that, of course, did not help his uh, learning either and learning to read and, and other things. Could he Could he write? Couldn't write either? He could write his name. Okay. He could write his name on a check. That was about all. Okay. All right, and maybe that didn't be, that wasn't a a big a factor, being that he did work uh, for his family, and of course his family, you know, your family would have known that, and so he would just stick to those jobs uh, where he could best use the skills that he had, and and maybe uh, writing was not one of those skills. Is that something maybe that people uh, to talk to Alwyn would anybody realize this? Um, probably not. Okay. Yeah probably was something that was recognized unless they knew him very, very well. Okay. So it doesn't sound to me like it was an IQ issue or something. It was just me, like you said, dyslexia, something like that. Okay. So that, that I just wanted to bring that up because I, I think that needs to be uh, known as we move into some of these other things. Let's move in, uh, on to this. We're just going to talk about her in general terms uh, who is Amanda Garcia? And I put that in quotes because I still have a question as to whether that's her real name. But in any case, who is Amanda Garcia? Amanda is a lady that he said was his girlfriend. She lived across the drive uh, in a different apartment unit of his apartment complex. And he claimed her as his girlfriend. Okay. Had you personally uh, ever heard, did you ever hear him refer to her as his girlfriend? You personally? We, ne we never talked about her. Okay. When I was with him, we never had a conversation. Okay. So am I to then understand that these two did not know each other until he moved into that complex? That's a very good chance, yes. Okay. Do you uh, know if he ever brought her around? You said he liked to go see family, he liked to go out. Um, did he bring her to any uh, parties that your family had? Maybe a family reunion, maybe Thanksgiving, anything like that? Do you know? I never met her. I don't think that he brought her around. Okay. All right. And, but overall, if you did not ever meet her, uh, can you state um, anybody in your family who met her? Anybody at all? I did have a few family members who had met her at the apartment complex. Okay, and this would have been after he went missing? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. All right, so he's living there for about a year. Uh, it seems to me that they did not know each other beforehand, but she's, uh, uh, we're guessing, in her, in, in her 50s or into her 60s. He's early 70s. Uh, and they meet up, and as you've already heard, the listeners have already heard, that um, he's referring to her as his girlfriend, which is great, but um, they don't live together. She has her own place. He has her own place there. But let's move on to this, and um, it seems, though, that uh, Amanda did have another man in her life, and this guy's name is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, she did have another man in her life, Mavis Waters. And um, is this uh, a man that your family knew about? Had Alwyn ever mentioned him before he went missing? Or, or did you not hear about him until after? Um, 
Alwyn had an argument or fight with Mavis, so my aunt had heard about him before. Mm. I don't know that anyone met him. I did not learn about Mavis until I was talking to the detective. Okay. And regarding this uh, incident, are, are we then to understand that at the time that it happened, that Alwyn uh, did tell other family members about it? This is something that was known before he went missing? Yes. Okay. Can you, I know you weren't there, but to the best of your knowledge, what, uh, the way you understand it, uh, what was this incident that he had with Mavis, who was another resident in that uh, apartment complex. Mavis and Alwyn had gotten in a, a fight, and Alwyn said he chased him off with a knife, pocket knife. So Alwyn, uh, just so I understand this, Alwyn had the knife and he chased Mavis off. Yes, sir. All right, so in, in contrast to Mavis having the knife knife and chasing Alwyn off. So something went on and Alwyn thought he had to defend himself and he chased Malin off, uh, Mavis off with uh, a pocket knife. Okay. Uh, did Alwyn give any additional details why this happened? Uh, did this have something to do with Amanda or were they drunk or uh, do we have any idea why this even happened? No, sir. We don't know the Okay, no details. And can do you even know how long this happened before um, Alwyn went missing? No, I don't. Okay. All right. Did Mavis or Alwyn ever call in uh, a police report for this? I mean, you get a knife out that, of course, it's a pocket knife. Pocket knives can hurt. Um, any idea if a police report was ever filed? Anybody call 911? Anything like that? No, I talked to the detective, and he did not have any police reports that he shared with me from either one of those two. Okay. All right, so we have this incident. Uh, I don't know if there were any other witnesses to it, but Alwyn ended up telling uh, some people in your family about it uh, before he went missing, and we still don't know you know, why this happened and what Mavis had to say about this or anything else. It, it is curious to me that... Um, you know, if Mavis did get chased off, and this is the happened the way Alwyn described it, it is a little surprising to me that Mavis didn't call the police. One of them didn't, but it seems that's uh, what happened. Nobody did anything. Okay, so let's move on to this. You've already kind of mentioned it, that Alwyn had a car, and it broke down. Um, when did it break down? How soon, uh, how close to his disappearance date uh, do you know what happened? Uh, what do you know about his previous car and it breaking down? His previous car was an older car, uh, maybe early 2000s. And he was driving into the neighboring town to visit one of the brothers and the engine blew up. Oh and that was the 1st or 2nd of July, just the earlier the week that he disappeared. Wow, that close. Yes. That close. Okay, I'm not even sure that I knew it was that close. I knew it was maybe within the month, but just a few days. Okay, so his car breaks down, and and this is uh, still something that, uh, that is still a big question mark. We're going to try the best to cover it. He um, got another one, it seems, uh, fairly quickly. 
I mean, uh, before he disappeared. So within those four days, um, but there, there is still a mystery regarding it. Do you happen to know who he got this other car from? It was a black Mustang. I would say 1990s. I've seen you shown me pictures of it. 1990s Mustang. Do you know who he bought it from? Uh, I was given the name from the detective that sold uh, the car to him. All he right. lives in the apartment. All right, and we're not going to uh, name his name. We're just going to leave it out of it. But So he did find out that he did... Uh, buy this car from another person in the uh, apartment complex. But uh, the way Alwyn, I guess, described it to people is that he was making payments on it. Yes, and the person did um, confirm that with the detective, that there was $50 paid down uh, with an agreement to pay the rest off. I do not know what the rest of the agreement was. Okay, so even if it's a 1990-some Mustang paying $50 at a time, it's probably going to take a while. Do you know if Alwyn gave this guy any money up front? He just gave him the $50 down. Okay. Now, in our previous conversations regarding this, there was something having to do with the keys that he bought it, but... Alwyn wasn't allowed to have the keys. Uh, have you uh, any clarity on that since we first spoke about it, Sherry? No. The agreement, he, he told my uncle um, about car. He, he was trying to get a replacement car since his blew up mm -hmm. and um, find a loan on the third. He tried to get a, a car loan and that was declined. So he's trying to find some type of uh, transportation, and this agreement, he said, was going to be $500 with $50, uh, $50 down. And my uncle said, don't buy that. That's not uh, a good car to buy. And um, um, he bought the car within 72 hours of disappearing. Huh. So I guess what you're saying is he kind of went against uh, a recommendation that he got and and start and began the purchase of this car anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you know? Uh, did he do anything within his insurance? Did he transfer insurance? Did he have insurance? Does anybody even know? Well, he. Um, I don't know uh, from the detective. The detective has not given me any details because I've asked was there any insurance mm -hmm. involved what, uh, was the agreement like was he going to owe the other hundred uh, $450 within the month yeah. um, he was keys when it was paid off uh, Alwyn wanted the car pretty badly so I, I don't think it was going to be uh, several months to pay off he probably had a very short term agreement Right, I, I but I have not been I would agree with you on that, and maybe we just need to determine, uh, not that you would personally know about all of his finances, uh, did Alwyn have some money, uh, was he a poor guy, or did he very live very modestly, uh, what would you say? Alwyn was a, a not a man of money. Alwyn had uh, $200 from selling the car that blew up, and at Right there at the same time was his Social Security that came in. And um, that would have been all the money he would have had on him because he cashed 
he went and took a, um, a withdrawal of his money to, you know, be able to pay his apartment. Okay. And, okay, so he didn't, uh, once again, didn't have some sort of uh, 401k or investments, once again, to your knowledge. Not that you would know his finances, but to your knowledge. Most likely he did not. Okay. All right, so this this neighbor, uh, maybe that Alwyn knew, maybe he trusted the guys. The guy said, hey, I'll help you out. I got this car. Uh, and a $500 car. I don't know what the quality of it's going to be, but Alwyn, Alwyn decided that's what he wanted to do and was going to be paying this guy uh, $50 maybe every month, maybe every other week. We're just not sure, but it was going to be in, in cash. Overall, going back to July of 2019, around this time, um, how, did, how do you think your family was feeling about Alwyn? You know, did they feel that uh, he was living a good life? Were they worried about him? Any concerns? Any signs? Of course, once again, he's 74 years old. Any signs that uh, maybe he's losing his memory? A anything like that at all, to your, to your knowledge? The family, my uncle saw him pretty much every day in the week. Uh, not weekends, but on the weekdays. They... Um, of course, they're all older siblings, so they always worry about baby brother. Yeah. You know, once you're the baby, you're always the baby. It doesn't matter your age. Right, and, that's right. Um, um, knowing that he, he didn't read real well, I'm sure they probably babied him a little extra. And um, they would um, take meals by to him to make sure he had eaten. Um knowing that he didn't have a lot of money. My uncle might, you know, pass him a $20 or something here or there so to make sure he had gas. Um, so he was not a rich man at all. Okay. But they were, uh, once again, not worried about him. And no sign, once again, no signs of uh, deterioration in any way. I have an 84-year-old father, so I know it's that that's like. I'm very fortunate that he has his mind. He's very physically capable, etc. But... We know uh, people get into the 70s, we start maybe noticing those types of things. Uh, nothing like that. No, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, for the listeners, we're going to uh, talk about the rest of this in a little bit different way. Being that uh, really nobody was around Alwyn at the time, of course, he lived alone. We're going to get into the details of uh, what we believe to be the disappearance date of July 6th but, uh, of 2019. But we're going to do this in a little bit different way. Uh, instead, we're kind of going to go jump ahead and then kind of go back. I think that's the best way to cover this. Um, Sherry, when did somebody in your family realize that, you know, something wasn't right? They hadn't heard from Elwyn. They hadn't seen him, anything like that. Who was that person? What was the date? Um, you know, and what went on? How did that all happen? Um, Elwyn like I said, would go up to the laundromat where my uncle worked on a daily basis. And he did not come up on the 8th, which is Monday of the week he was missing. So he did not see Alwyn. So he went by after work and didn't answer the door. Well, maybe, you know, maybe he's out. So he goes on, on his way. Tuesday comes around and Alwyn still doesn't come to the laundromat. So he goes 
by and he doesn't get Alwyn to answer the door. So he goes home and gets my aunt and they start looking around and asking around on Tuesday, the what, 9th. Call another sibling and so there's several family members looking around for a few days. And finally on Thursday, the 11th, is when one of the siblings decided maybe we should call a report in for a missing person. Okay. Let me just ask you a little bit about this. When they say looking around, does that mean like walking the complex? Does that mean driving around Gilmer, Texas? What does that mean looking around from him? What does that mean to you? All of the above. Walking the complex, going around asking residents, when's the last time you've seen him? Have you uh, seen him lately? Uh, driving around through town, going through the areas that would be his places to hang out and or you know sit and talk with people they were checking all of those common areas okay and maybe we should establish this right now uh alwyn did not have a cell phone he did not have a cell phone all right so not very easy to call him uh maybe they were trying to call him maybe he had a house phone i mean it's very rare these days but some people do but uh, we automatically think of cell phones here in the well into the 21st century, so that kind of is not a possibility in this particular disappearance. So they're looking around for him, and do you know uh, in those days between, let's just say, the 8th to the 11th, uh, when they went to the complex, did they ever encounter Amanda Garcia? Yes. Amanda came up to them. Um, um, well, let's see, before the 11th. Yeah, before the 11th. I believe. I would say no. All right. So, um, being that they were around the complex asking people, it doesn't, to your, once again, it may have happened, but to your knowledge, it doesn't seem like they ha ever happened to run into Amanda, even though she lived right across the street. Yes. Okay. Um, in that complex, do you know, is there like a... Uh, is there like a building manager or somebody, you know, of course it's owned by somebody, somebody who's responsible for the property. Uh, did they talk to that person? Do you know if they happen to run into that person? Somebody that, you know, oversees the maintenance, you know, the landscaping, things like that. Yes, that was after the report was made. Okay, so that wasn't until after. So they did not in, encounter this particular person uh, before uh, the 11th. Correct. Okay. Do you know, being that we talked about this car and it's a black Mustang, like I said, I would what I would call 19, late 1990s era uh, Mustang, um, do they remember the Mustang being there when they were looking around? Yes. It was there. Okay. It's part, regular parking space. Okay, so it was there, but he's not around. Uh, I'm guessing that the door to his place was locked? Correct, yes. Okay. All right, but uh, he is not around. Were there any, I, I, once again, the listeners know how I like to be very technical with this, but to your knowledge, any lights on, anything, and the TV on inside, anything when they were looking around there? Uh, I don't think Alwyn had a TV. Oh, I'm he not didn't. sure he had a radio. Okay. No, no. Okay. He was a, he was poor. He was very poor. He didn't give it to him. He didn't own it. 
Okay. Um, and where were you at the time? Uh, of course, you have your own life to live. Uh, of course, Alwyn is an uncle, but you have your own things going on. How did you find out that Alwyn uh, had not shown up on that to the laundromat on the 8th, on the 9th, etc.? How did you find out about this? I learned about that once there was a report made. It was following the report. Um, I am the sole caregiver of my elderly father and mother, so I had no idea they were out there looking for Alwyn for a week. Wow. And so they're in there, uh, you already stated that your father is in his 90s, and they're going around the complex looking for him. For Alwyn, yes. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, that is spectacular. Well, my dad. Yeah. My dad, we had to ask the family. There's, there's a, a family member that will call and give their troubles and their sorrows and their problems and it just makes my dad worry so I had to them that you need to keep those things to yourself and or contact me so I can talk to my dad in a time so you know I'd like to hope they were just trying not to worry him about that right all right so we have these older uh people uh, in their 70s, 80s, if not older, uh, concerned about Alwyn and actually going to that complex and looking for him. Yes. Okay, and of course, with no luck, seemingly never ran into Amanda, even though uh, Alwyn called her his girlfriend uh, for whatever reason. Maybe it just maybe just did not happen. We just don't know. I'm not trying to be suspicious regarding that, but that didn't happen. And then you finally find out, and you, you've brought up this report that was eventually filed. Uh, was that done on July 11th? There was a 911 call, and then an hour or so later, when my aunt had transportation, she was uh, taken to the police station to finalize the report. Okay. All right, and that's how uh, this all gets uh started uh he he doesn't show up for and this is very common in disappearances people have a pattern whether it's going to work or seeing friends or going to you know a club or the gym or something and those things stop happening and it's usually a very good way to determine uh when a person went missing of course cell phone usage of course we all know is another good way to determine when a person has gone missing so once this report is filed uh do the police go out there uh, does somebody let them into the apartment, uh, et cetera? What goes on after this report is filed on the 11th? The way I understand it is on the 12th, a detective was assigned. My aunt is trying to find something out on Monday following the 12th, and she can't get the detective. They, for whatever reason, he's not in the office. So she just went to the uh, apartment complex, and the maintenance person, I believe it was, the maintenance person let her in to check and see was his medications there, was, you know, did he, like, pack a bag and go somewhere, and mm-hmm. discovered everything seemed, um, <clears throat> you know, his, his, his medications was there, everything seemed like he must be staying here. However, the window was open, and the bed was pulled away from the wall. 
Okay, let me ask you, thank you for that. Let me uh, ask you a couple questions once again, the way you understand it. When you say a window, this window, it was open, would this window be big enough for a human to crawl through? It, it is. Okay. Um, uh, and it's kind of low as well. Okay. So it would be pretty simple to through. Okay. Uh, and regarding the bed, when you say it's pulled uh, away from the wall, are you saying that the headboard... You know, which, of course, most people's uh, bedrooms is right up against the wall. Are you saying that the headboard where your head would be was not right next to the wall? Is that what you mean? The headboard, it was not against the wall, and the bed was kind of put in a, a strange angle. Uh, hmm. So it was not up against two walls at all. Okay. It was just uh. pulled up. All right, so it's almost like, but not totally like, the bed is like almost in the middle of the room. Yes, very close. Okay. All right, so this is what is discovered, but uh, any signs of violence? It didn't appear that way, no. All right. And when that happened, when they finally did get this building maintenance person, of course, who would have keys to all the, uh, the apartments, or condos, whatever you want to call them, um... Was the Mustang there? Uh, it was across the street at a different unit. Okay, so it was there, but it was not in the place that Alwyn would usually park it. Um, it was across the street. And uh, is this the type of complex, like I can remember when I lived in Las Vegas, uh, everybody had an assigned parking place. Is that the way it is in this particular complex? Okay, so it was moved after Alwyn went missing. Correct. All right, so somebody had somebody had the keys. Somebody. Right. Okay. Now the way we've uh, or you or the police, whoever wanted this report, uh, have come up with the date of July sixth, and we'll get into a little bit, uh, of course, the details in a bit about what went on that day. But uh, you have told me that she, uh, that Alwyn had a habit of marking off the days on the calendar, and the calendar uh, was in the apartment, and when was the last day that was marked off? July 6th was marked off. Okay. All right, so that's another very good way, if people still do that, uh, marking off calendar days, that's another good way maybe to, to gauge when a person has gone missing. So what do the police do? I mean, obviously, they, you were, you know, your family's led inside there. He's not around. Do they then, does anybody go through the complex and see if anybody saw anything? I don't know for sure. Uh, we were not able to get that information from the detective. 
it took two weeks before my aunt was getting very frustrated because she could never get information. So that's why I took over and I called the detective one to two times a week and would ask specific questions. And he would told me he talked to Amanda. He had talked to Mavis. He did not say he had talked to residents. Okay. All right. And all right. So let's move on to this. Now, now that we know that uh, it's a pretty good uh, idea about July 6th, when did you all first hear about uh, this um, altercation, if we're to believe her, that happened on that date, uh, uh, July 6th, between Amanda and Alwyn? When did you and your family first hear about that? The detective told us about it. He told me about it. Um, said that there was an argument about her driving the Mustang. That was detective number one who told me that. I got a little, little bit more and different information from detective number two. Detective number two told me there was a dispute made by Amanda. Two officers went to her apartment. She claimed that Alwyn was mad and was forcing his way into her apartment. And uh, they talked to her for about 20 minutes. She did not want to file charges, so they left. And, of course, there's no details of what this complaint was other than Alwyn was trying to force himself in there. And... Uh was there, and once again, uh, it seems like the story maybe has changed a little bit. Did this have anything, to your knowledge, to do with the car that he got? The first detective told me the argument was about the car. Hmm. The second detective does not have that in the notes to tell me that. Okay. Maybe we should just go over, just in case, maybe we should go over what the first detective uh, told you. Something about her driving and, hit, and hitting a curb or something. Yes. Uh, I was told that she drove the car a couple of miles away to the local store and had run over a curb. Alwyn was not with her, and he got very upset because he had not paid his car. And it was not his, he had an agreement that car was not going to move mm -hmm. until he had paid for it. All right. And so he was, uh, Alwyn was, was upset that she took the car for a drive, or was he more upset that he, she hit the curb? Once again, uh, just what this, the detective said. He did not indicate which one. Just overall, he was up. He was mad that she had driven the car and run over a curb. He put that all in one sentence. Okay, thank you. And then this continues. Then that she calls the police. They show up. Uh, it seems fairly quickly, and she's claiming that Alwyn tried to force his way into her place, and I guess was unsuccessful. Uh, we don't know, but she felt the need to call the police. And they show up. And at that point, while they were there, did they make any attempt to go over to his place across the street to talk to him? No. I was told since she did not want to file charges, there was no need to talk to him. Okay. Now, the thing is, is that he disappears uh, that very same day. We are sure that the police are sure 
and you are sure, your family's sure, that this all happened on the same day. That uh, this claim that Amanda makes that Alwyn tried to uh, force his way into her place and then him disappearing, both, that all happened on the same day, July 6th. All of, yes. All right. And to remind the listeners that the calendar on, uh, in his place, the last day that was marked off was July 6th. So uh, I, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. Now let's move on to this. This is what we usually call uh, the rest of the case. And that is, there is actually video of Alwyn that day. Have you seen that video? I did see the video. I saw parts of the video. All right, and what just what you saw seen? Can you describe it uh, as best you can? There, Sherry. Yes, Alwyn's walking down the middle of the road, the drive where you know they you would drive and park. Um, uh, he would he was walking right down the middle of that road. He seemed uh, very relaxed. He wasn't, like, looking over his shoulder, looking around to see if anybody was, you know, to be talked to or to be followed by. He's just walking uh, very casual. Matter of fact, a resident drives by, and he even gave him a friendly wave. And he rounds the corner of the last apartment unit and has never been seen on video since. And we should state... Uh, it- Maybe it's important for this uh, for the listeners to know this. How long did it take before you were actually shown that video? I saw it one year later. So, like in the summer of 2020. It was July 2020, like give or take a day or two of the original day of missing. Okay, and listeners should know we're doing this interview on April 6th of 2021 so not even a year ago is when you finally got to see this video you did not see it at the time did you even know that this video even existed i knew the video existed because detective one told me we have not seen him since the six on the video that is available okay all right and on this video once again it's shown he's walking he's by himself uh, you, you even stated that, uh, another resident drives by him. They wave to each other. No big deal. And when you say he's walking out, you know, uh, around, uh, this building and then out of sight, uh, would this be on the west side of the, the property, the east side? And I'll be doing a video so people, uh, can, I, I'll try to explain it the best of my knowledge, but I just want to make sure I am clear on this as well. The way you understand the video was he walking west? Was he walking east? And was he when he turned, did he go north? Did he go south? Uh, can you even think of it in those terms? Okay. He would be facing west as okay. he was walking. Okay. And when he turned to go around the last unit, that would have been going towards the north or northwest. All right. And listeners maybe all should also understand, they'll see this in the video, is this not... Um, this is a kind of a, a complex where there are four, like, condo apartments to a building. They're all one floor, and then there's another building, and then another building, and they're all one floor. It's not like, you know, apartment building where we think, like, two stories, three stories, four stories, you know, stacked on top of each other. These ones are just, like, four apartments to one building. They're all one level. 
Right. And there's quite a few there. There's like 50 units or 60 units, something like that. Is there that many? Uh, I think so. Maybe, I think at least 40. So it's pretty big. And yeah, given that they're separated, it does, you know, cover a little bit of area there. And the people will see that in the video. So he's going west. And it shows him uh, making going north, t making a turn north. So that would be turning to his right. He goes behind this uh, a building that is on the edge of the property and it is never uh, seen again. Uh, anybody following? Anybody else that you could you saw walking in that video? There wasn't anyone on that video except him. Okay. All I right. Oh, I saw there. Okay. Um, and are we sure that that is July 6th of 2019? That's the stamp, they, uh, um, what do you call it? The stamp mark on yeah. the... On the video, like you see in, like, the bottom right-hand corner or something. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now, what is also known about this video, is there a time on that video? And at one please thirty three p.m. is when he's walking down the road. And at what time, uh, the way the police explain it, what time did the police show up at that complex to speak to Amanda? The police was speaking to Amanda one twenty eight through one forty eight. So he's walking off on this video, walking off uh, around this, uh, uh, of course he might have come back, I'm not, we're not going to get into that right at this point, but that video is taken at the same, very same time that Amanda is talking to the police in the very same complex. Correct. Huh. Okay. And do you think the way you, being that you've been to that complex, do you think where he was walking, do you think that he would have seen... The, uh, a police car parked there um, over at Amanda's side of the property? Well, the video that, uh, the angle of the video, I'm not sure where he's coming, originally coming from, mm -hmm. but if I was to vote coming from his apartment, he should have seen the police there. Okay. All right, thank you for that. So at the very same time, once again, we have to remind the listeners that uh, allegedly he did something to Amanda. We're not saying that's the truth. It very well may be that she's making it up. I don't know if there's any proof or not to that. But either way, she calls the police, uh, and they show up at 128, and then at 133, all witness walking on this video and then around the building and is not seen on the video again. All right, thank you for explaining that, Sherry. I know it's very complex, but I think you did a very good job with that. Thank you. All right, being that this video was taken and it showed Alwyn walking off in a particular direction, of course, we know that he went missing. Any searches done, and there are some woods there, uh, any searches done in that area, and when were they done? Yes. Um, the, we didn't know if the police was doing any searches, so we did a family search in those woods. And uh, there's a post office right next door to the complex. And so that was, um, that area was checked as well, as well as across the highway 
So like in a, like a three-mile radius, the family, uh, probably 60, 70 people were out there walking around checking and looking for him. And no signs, Later, of, no signs of him at all? There was no signs. Nothing was located or found. You know, they're, they're hoping to see a piece of his shirt or clothing or, or shoe or something, and, and nothing was located like that. And when you saw him on the video, maybe I should have asked you this when we talked about the video, anything in his hands, him carrying anything, uh, anything like that, maybe uh, a bag, maybe a jacket, I know it's July, but still, anything like that? No, his, he was just kind of swaying his arms back and forth with a casual walk. He did not have anything in his hands or carrying anything on his back at all. Okay. All right, and then the searchers are done. It seems like they, they were done in a, in a responsible way, in a logical way. And so you're saying that some people did actually go uh, trekking through those woods, which I would say to be to the north slash northwest of the complex. People did walk through there trying to find any sign of him. Yes, but also northeast. northeast There's some east. woods in the northeast. Okay. There. All right, thank you. Okay. So they did a search, no signs of him, him at all. Uh, any sightings of him at all? Maybe if he did go into the woods and maybe came up on the other side somewhere, uh, any uh, particular sightings of him on that day? Anybody who looked like him, anything? No. On uh, July 17th, I believe it was, someone called reporting someone that they thought was him walking down the highway the police went out and it was someone else okay so it does seem that people did know about Alwyn's disappearance if they're calling it in uh saying that the, you know they thought somebody was him and it, unfortunately it was not Alwyn but people seem to be keeping their eyes peeled for him and that's good all right so they go searching for him nothing is found even though they know kind of the direction that he was headed, at least on the video but he could have come back now, we've talked about that car, uh, this black Mustang. What happened to it? It just eventually disappeared. And I questioned Detective once. I questioned and said um, something about the car. And his response was, well, the owner has the right to sell it and get his money for it. I'm like, it's not even three weeks of missing. And he didn't want to elaborate on that idea at all. Uh, have you uh, attempted, or has anybody in your, your family attempted to speak to the guy who had the black Mustang that allegedly sold sold it to Alwyn? Uh, anybody ever talked to him outside of the police? No, we didn't know who it was. I just learned the, the owner's name just a few days ago. All right. Well, that uh, I'm guessing that might be on your list of things to do then uh, there, which I think would be a... Uh, that'll probably be an interesting conversation, but what you're saying is Owen goes missing and then his car, which as you stated, was in one place when he went on, let's just say July 8th, but then it was somewhere else uh, a few days later. His car eventually went missing as well, although not uh, at the same time. Correct. Okay. All right. Um... Let's move on to this. We've mentioned her, Amanda Garcia. Uh, I'm, the police, of course, talked to her on July 6th because she called them. 
Uh, what have the police said about them interviewing her after Alwyn went missing? The first detective had talked to her a few times, said that I feel like she knows something, but I can't. She won't. She won't share. Uh, as well as she was given a couple of polygraphs. And how did she do on them? According to the to the the first detective, if you can say. She failed. Okay. Yes. All right. And uh, very early on in this conversation, when her name first came up, I I said in quotation marks, Amanda Garcia. Uh, I've done, uh, I think, my due diligence in trying to figure out who she is, and I I still have a state as as of this uh, interview that I'm still not convinced that's her her real name. Um, It very well may be her first name, but... Uh, her last name, I, I just don't know what to make of it. There aren't any Amanda Garcias in Gilmer, Texas. So it's hard to uh, figure out, but that is the name that the police believe she has. Yes, that's the yeah. name they gave, the, the detectives gave me. So okay. they believe her name, Amanda Garcia. All right. Um, was it you or somebody else in your family that at some point did have an encounter with her uh, somewhere, maybe in the complex. She had said, she just said, well, I hope they find him. When did that happen? Where did that happen? That was, uh, my aunt and uncle was driving through the complex, still trying to look for Alwyn, and she saw them and said, uh, I sure hope you find Alwyn. And that was after the public announcement on the local TV Uh, we know that she uh, you just stated she took these uh, lie detector tests, failed. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, certainly, uh, it may be nothing. It may be something. We know that lie detectors are not, uh, they can't be used in court, so I don't know if we should trust them or not. But do you believe, uh, the, have the police given you the impression that she has been helpful? And do you know if she's ever offered up her own theory as to why her friend, maybe boyfriend, Alwyn went missing? That's a great idea. I like that thinking. Let's find out. It's not enough to know that she failed a polygraph. We have to know, in particular, what questions she failed. She might have passed 90% of them, but what's most important is what are the 10% that she failed. That's very interesting that he stated that. I like that idea. Very interesting. Okay. But she hasn't offered up any her th- any theories either as to what happened to her, happened to him. No. Okay. Because, um, you know, if you know, person, you know, care about people. And of course, I talk to guests uh, every week and they are full of theories and because they care, uh, they can't help but thinking that way. So, you know, we're supposed to believe that Amanda cared about Alwyn, it, it seems to me, and she would know him well, that she would want to offer up, well, you know what, he was kind of feeling depressed or, you know what, he was acting a little funny or, but nothing like that. 
Okay. Now, we talked about his apartment. We talked about this window uh, already. We'll get into that maybe a little more in a second. But uh, maybe most importantly, when uh, everybody got to go into the apartment, it was unlocked. Uh, his medication was left behind. Did you say that was kind of um, heart uh, blood pressure medication? Is that right? That's correct. Blood pressure medication was okay. still there at his... Okay. Uh, and you also told me, um, this could be something, that there were blood was found on at least one piece of clothing uh, in his closet or somewhere. Uh, was it you that came upon that? Was it somebody else? When did that happen? How did that happen? The, the detective told my family that they were done with the apartment and the family needed to come and take his personal items so that the apartment could be rented out again. So both the sisters uh, went up there with a with another family member to um, help them out. And my aunt's like, well, here's some clothes. I'm going to take these clothes because, you know, she's still thinking maybe he's going to come home. Hopefully coming home, he's going to need some clothes. And they discovered after taking the clothing that there was blood on some of the of, of pants and shirt. Uh, have you seen the, the clothes yourself? Uh, I delivered the pair a pair of pants to the detective for a DNA. Wow. And, well, being that you saw the pants, at least, please explain uh, how big this uh, blood mark was, what is your impression of it, uh, etc. The blood um, was on the left top part of his pants. Um um, it, it wasn't like just a couple of drops of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a shirt that had blood on the left bottom part of the shirt. So we figured those were paired together. Yeah. But the detective took the pants. Okay. Do you know if those uh, pants have been tested to see if, I mean, once again, I, we're, it, it, you know, not to be flippant here or anything, but... Are we sure it's blood and it just wasn't red paint? They took the pants and sent it to a uh, crime lab, mm-hmm. and we were told that they could not run DNA on it um, for whatever logistics that had to do with using family DNA versus the direct DNA of Alwyn. Huh. Any any explanation for that at all? They give you any explanation? No, that that was the explanation. They needed direct DNA of Alwyn uh, to okay. the pink because the way their lab was set up, they could only use uh, victim DNA. Okay. All right, uh, listeners are certainly probably going to think about that a little bit. Maybe the problem was that the you know the blood had gotten on the clothes, and this blood may have had nothing to do with the disappearance. And the blood got on the clothes, and then they were washed. And you know, a lot of times blood cannot be washed out. And once you wash them, then you're not going to be able to get any DNA from that at all. The, the, the soap and everything will ruin it. Okay. Okay. 
All right, so there's blood on the clothes, and maybe being that we're talking about the clothes, being that you saw the video, um, were the clothes that he was wearing in the video found in the apartment? They are not the same clothes. Not the same clothes. Uh, okay. Let's move on to this. Uh, the window, window, you said it was open, uh, and then you told me that somebody had closed it, and then it was open again. Okay, anybody be, been able to explain this? Uh, no, it was not explained. I addressed it with the detective a few times, and he never um, made a response to to my comments about the window is open again. All right, and no explanation from that, uh, from the, the building people or anybody else? That is correct. All right. Let's move on to this. Now, you've told me uh, that maybe there were some things of Alwyn's that were missing. Uh, what can you say about that? Um, there were some things that Alwyn had shared with his sister, uh, telling her there was a couple of items that his girlfriend liked in the apartment. And this was some Cupid dolls and a old picture and picture frame. And um, and then as well, we knew he had a tackle box that he would keep small things in that was important to him. And um, a bag, similar, a zippered bag, similar to a bank bag or a you know pencil holder kind of bag. And he carried his checkbook and important papers and and um, that's where he put his cash um, instead of carrying a wallet. And um, when she was, when they were in the apartment to clear the apartment out, all the four of those items were totally missing. They never found those at all. So some things that uh, Alwyn said that Amanda would have liked just happened to be missing. Uh, has uh, anybody, have the police, anybody else ever asked Amanda about that? To my knowledge, no. Okay. All right. And um, do these items have, a, of course, if it's cash, I mean, obviously that has value. Uh, some of these other things, uh, valuable or just personal keepsakes that he just happened to keep around? Like that. 
Okay, and those things... Uh, I mean, the money was probably the most valuable, unless those cheesy dolls was old, and I don't know about that. Okay. That is, uh, interesting. Okay. And we have to remember, maybe somebody got in through that window. I guess it's possible. All right, somebody we haven't talked about for a while is Mavis Waters, who uh, also lived in the complex a few years younger than Alwyn, but not, I guess, young. He was, uh, I guess, in his 60s, maybe still is. And were he and Amanda an item? Were Mavis and Amanda living together? No, they lived in the same unit, so there were two apartments in between them. Okay. Do you know, have any idea what Mavis has said about Alwyn's disappearance? No, not at all. No, okay. Did the police talk to him? Did he ever take a lie detector test? Did he pass? He did pass the polygraph. All right. So, Mavis passes a lie detector test, but Amanda does not. Uh, maybe this, at this point, I maybe I should ask, does Amanda have any family members, sons, daughters, who live in the Gilmer, Texas area? To our knowledge, she has a father who comes and stays for a while, but that's all that we've ever heard about family. And he, coincidentally, lives here in Florida somewhere, right? Coincidentally. That's correct, Okay. And we may have to remind the listeners that uh, Alwyn claimed, before he went missing, that uh, he had to chase Mavis off with a pocket knife for some reason. We do not know the details of that. And I'm not saying that necessarily that Alwyn is a liar, but we just don't have a lot of information regarding that. We don't know the reason... Nobody called the police. Uh, we're really just taking Alwyn's word for that. Um, I did look up Mavis Waters. He does have an ex- uh, extensive criminal record. Uh, and being that the police said that he was always drunk is not a surprise because he has several DUIs. But nothing uh, that I could find, uh, although he did have a, a, a resisting a- arrest, but that could be a, a variety of things. That doesn't necessarily mean it was necessarily violent. No violence against women, no rapes, anything like that. Um, regarding Alwyn, um, was he uh, an able-bodied guy? I mean, how far do you think he could have walked if he did walk off? Um, Alwyn was capable of walking, yes, but he was like 250 pounds. And did get winded. So I would say if he walked a far distance, he's going to stop and rest before he walks more. Okay. 
And regarding this video, maybe we need to talk about the video a little bit more. Was there just one camera in the in the complex, not multiples, only pointing one direction? Would there have been other cameras that could have um, seen him coming back to the complex if he came back another direction, the way you understand it? The camera that, that shows Alwyn was the one and only working camera for the complex. The post office is just right there at that end of the road, and their camera had already done a rotation in a, in a you know, like a reboot and start over. Okay. All right, yeah, it uh, videotaped over itself. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so those are the, the, the major uh, facts of Alwyn's disappearance. Um, walked off camera, might have come back, maybe not. Um, we have a couple suspicious characters here, things missing, Alwyn's car goes missing a short time later. Uh, maybe that's something that you'll be able to look into, Sherry, being that you now have the person's name who sold it to Alwyn. What has this been like? I mean, you never knew that you'd be have to do something like this. What's this been like for your family? Uh, child, the youngest brother, the youngest child, and this story that Amanda had about Alwyn trying to get into her place, in their opinion, does that sound like something that Alwyn would, would have done? Alwyn was crazy about Amanda, and he would do anything to protect her. Um, so, you know, I, I think that her disappointing him and doing something to, you know, set him off to make him mad would be hurtful to him. So, yeah, he's going to get mad and, and yell and try to straighten things out. Mm -hmm. And uh, once again, we're not saying we believe Amanda. We're not saying we don't believe Amanda. Unfortunately, we, there, there's only two people who might have been a party to it. One of them is missing, and the other person... I don't know how you disprove or prove her story. But, right. um... Yeah, we do not have that information. Right. Uh, but that would... But what I guess I'm saying is that... Would his siblings be surprised if he acted violently toward uh, a woman? Um... Get mad, yes. Violent, I don't think so. Okay. And does Alwyn seem like the type of guy that would walk away when the police show up? Because we can't. We have to admit that's when he walked off. Is when the police showed up. Uh, any insight into the people who knew him best regarding that fact of this disappearance? If, um, Alwyn sees the police, and he knows he was just having an argument with Amanda. Yeah, he's going to be scared, not mm -hmm. knowing what in the world she told on him. And yeah, he's going to be scared. I would too. Okay. All right. 
Um, what has this been like for you, Sherry? Uh, you have, of course, your own life. You have your own parents. You've told you've told us that you're the caretaker for them. Uh, how has this affected you emotionally and mentally over the last, you know, almost two years? Uh, it's very time-consuming. I'm a personality that um, I have a job, and my job is to do my job fully. And um, I, I was not satisfied when my aunt, so I'd call and ask, what, what do you know? What's the update? She goes, I don't know anything. It should be so frustrated. Yeah. So uh, I was like, you know, I can do that. You know, I've got a lot on my plate, but that's something I can do. I know what to do. I can ask a lot of questions. And so it's, it's time consuming. But, uh, you know, always a person. And it doesn't matter if he you know, was killed or he just passed out somewhere. He deserves to, you know, have a record to clarify that he's died in a certain way and, and you know, be able to get this death certificate and let the family settle and, and move on with their lives. How has his... Uh... You know, it's worth the time to do that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. How has his, uh, what has his son uh, said about all this? Uh, his son's not in great health. So, um, he, he, he is upset over it. Um, for example, um, you know, things were being posted on Facebook from different organizations or newscasts, and, and he got a little upset. He goes, does anybody really know my dad's age because it's different each time you read an article. So, you know, he's a little perturbed at how um, they're trying to find this man, but they can't even get the information correct. Right. Um, so, you know, he's taking it a little personal, mm-hmm. for sure. If you, uh, if you can say, um, uh, you know, his son, has his son ever offered up any theories? Has his son ever attempted to go to talk to Amanda? I realize that Amanda is not his mother or anything. It was just his father's girlfriend. Maybe they weren't even boyfriend and girlfriend, but that's what Owen thought. Has his son ever attempted to talk to uh, Amanda about all this? Do you know? No, um, he hasn't really gotten involved. Just something stressed you out, and that he knows that's something that would stress him out. He has just not really been in, too involved in that. Okay. And like you said, he, he's not in the best of health. I'm guessing he's maybe in his 50s. Somewhere in his 50s. Um, yeah, probably mid-50s. Okay, and not in the greatest of health. Right. Okay. All right. All right, so this has been uh, tough all around. We have uh, older siblings in their 80s, if not 90s. Uh, and they have their, of course, their own uh, health issues going on, uh, stresses that come with that age, and then their, you know, their little brother goes missing, and then you, not expecting to ever do something like this, you have your own life, but you're doing this, and then the son uh, has his own things going on, uh, a lot of stress, um, a lot of grief uh, being spread around here. Um, Sherry, do you have a Facebook page or anything else set up? have a designated Facebook page. Okay. We have shared missing persons flyers among the family, but there is not a designated page. 
Okay. We might think about that. I, I'm not saying, you know, I, I think it's a good idea, but you're going to do what you're going to do. I know it takes some work and it takes some management of that. It sounds like you have enough uh, going on already uh, with all of this. But I do know that Facebook pages, uh, of course, raise the profile of disappearances. Uh, it certainly helps uh, get more people, you know, knowledgeable uh, regarding uh, a missing person. I think everybody uh, who's been on the program would say that, but that's totally up to you because it would just be more work. I mean, there's no denying that. So you have to make that decision for yourself. But um, I know that some of my listeners have helped guests set up Facebook pages. Is If that is something that is, sounds interesting to you, if you'd be interested in that, you let me know. All right, and maybe we can make something when okay. we can make something uh, happen for you regarding that, uh, regarding a Facebook page, and start getting people more eyeballs on Alwyn's disappearance. Of course, Facebook, of course, very very popular. Um, any final words before we complete this interview, Sherry? I can't think of anything. You know how that works. You hang up and then you'll think of something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that is true. Uh, I suffer that uh, myself sometimes with interviews, and sometimes there's questions that I wish I would have asked and didn't. But uh, maybe I kind of put you a little bit on the spot there. Okay, well, that's fine. Okay. Uh, as far as you helping out and reaching out, I mean, I appreciate that um, because, you know, there's, there's always um, – avenues and thought processes that works differently with different people and then you being in a position that you've interviewed several people in this position you've got some key key ideas and thoughts for you know for me to keep moving on I mean when I send an email to the detective it's not a one question email I have like four or five questions every time I email him great I love it that's the way it should be. That's excellent. And that is, you're right, that is one of the uh, one of the roles that I fill. I'm not just uh, a podcaster. I'm not just an interviewer. Uh, when you cover as many disappearances as we have on Unfound, um, you do start to see patterns and you start to see things uh, that people aren't doing, just maybe little holes, maybe you can just, you know, firm things up a, a little bit more here and there. And that's what I try to do. Also, in, in, in addition to everything else that we do, uh, I try to do that with guests behind the scenes. And I want to continue to do that for you, you know, in any way, you know, that I can help, for sure. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And that was my April 6th, 2021 interview with Sherry Sullivan niece of Alwyn Albright. I thank her for joining me and all of you on the program. As was stated during the interview, there is now a video available on the Unfound YouTube channel in which I diagram the apartment complex and the surrounding area and the search areas. Please check it out. After the interview was over, Sherry discovered she wanted to cover a couple more topics, so I will mention those right now. Police got access to Mavis's phone records and pings. One of those pings came from the Kelsey Bottom area, just after Alwyn went missing. I point out that area on the YouTube video. 
It was searched using people and dogs. Nothing was found. Several days after Alwyn went missing, a report came in of a white male being abducted in the Gilmer Plaza and being shoved into a van. I point out this area on the YouTube video as well. There's no evidence that white male was Alwyn. Moreover, there's no evidence that abduction ever happened. Dogs were used at the plaza. They didn't pick up Alwyn's scent there. And both of those searches were done in September of 2019, two months after Alwyn went missing. So those are the additional items not covered in the interview. When I think about Alwyn's disappearance, the most similar case that jumps out at me is T.J. Murray's, the first episode of Unfound for 2021. Both men allegedly, more probable in T.J.'s situation than in Alwyn's, struck women before disappearing. And, as I stated back in January with T.J.'s, what I think helps in analyzing these types of cases is getting into the mind of the missing man at the time. Because for both men, even though they are roughly 50 years apart in age, they sound very much alike. Good guys. No complaints about either of them. Close to their families. No history of violence. Then they go and allegedly commit acts that are outside their character. If you will remember... I stated at the time with TJ's, he had to think the slapping victim would call the police on him. A very reasonable assumption, and that could have caused him to run off. I'm not saying you need to believe that. All I'm saying is that it is a possibility. It very well could be that people tracked TJ down that night and murdered him. Certainly possible. However, we know that the police never got involved that night. Why? Because the victim never called 911. Well, the guessing we have in TJ's of whether he suspected the police would come after him or not is a certainty in Alwyn's. Amanda did call 911, and the police did show up, and Alwyn left while they were there. The correlation and causation are obvious, while they are not obvious in TJ's. I'm not saying I believe Alwyn hit Amanda or forced his way into her apartment, but that Alwyn leaving is more than a good sign that it happened. So, Alwyn leaves. A search is done, but he isn't found. The main question then is, how far could a 74-year-old go on a hot July Texas day, especially through the woods. And that brings us to the possibility that I just mentioned in TJ's case. Revenge. Did somebody get it for what Alwyn allegedly did to Amanda? What facts are there that could support that? The open window. The bed moved away from the wall. Blood on his clothes. Mavis having an extensive criminal history, although nothing necessarily violent except resisting arrest, which could mean anything, although he and Alwyn did have that prior run-in. Items that Amanda wanted 
that ended up being missing from Alwyn's apartment. None surely definitive, but it would be nice if there were explanations. But, since I don't do theorizing on this program, you can analyze those points and anything else regarding Alwyn's disappearance as you define the term walk-off for yourself. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.